news, Nick. UMKC down by five at halftime now against Toledo. But they're 18-point dogs, so... They are covering. They're covering by a lot. And they got them right where they want them. Toledo's not a second-half team. They're undefeated, though. It's early. (laughs) It's early for them to be undefeated? Early in the season, yeah. Oh, so you're not you're not taking basketball left. You're not taking their undefeated series. You don't vote for the the college basketball polls. You can't treat this like the NFL. I still I I I act I I'm I prepare for the job that I want, not the one that I have. You know. Oh, smart. You want to vote for all major awards at all at every collegiate level for every sport. Wow. Okay. I want them to know that I'm ready. Well, we'll keep a very close eye on that UMKC scores. They play it, of course, because it's college basketball. 10 a.m. on a Monday. And I got the TVs to finally work, so now I can watch World Cup matches. And also, Rob was making fun of us because Croatia was in the last World Cup final. So, Soccer nerd, you know what I mean? <laughs> so so we probably should have known that about Croatia. Why but also, should that I have known that? I years ago. I couldn't even tell you who won the last World Cup. So What, do you, what else do you know from four years ago, Nick? That's like an unimportant like time. Like in life? The only things you know from four years, the only things you know in life are the things that happened to you as a kid that were a standout and the things that happened inside of four months ago. Everything else is just a massive wash of nothingness. I mean, just I know, falls in I the know, middle period. I mean, I just want to let it be known. I do know some things that happened four years ago. Seems like you don't, which is a little troubling for someone who, you know, has a five-year-old daughter. So <laughs> I'm not going to dive into that. She's but. six. I actually have a four-year-old son. That's the one you should actually give me a hard so, time about. you know. I remember that. Multiple children. What else? Well, I remember probably more stuff about them than who was in the World Cup final four years ago. Again, soccer nerd. Rob is soccer nerd. He is a big soccer nerd. The World Cup is the only time when you watch this amount of soccer. You're like, cool, Senegal and the Netherlands at 11.07, I'm in. But let's talk more about the Chiefs. They're coming off that win against the Chargers last night. Cody Tapp, Nick Schwart with you. Alex off the rest of the week. It looks like he was already at a bar, so you can go find him. Sipping a cocktail, 11 o'clock, what was he live drinking? betting some soccer. I don't think he posted a photo. But I've also never seen, like, it's, we understand, right, that the drink choices that you make available to yourself are different at 1030 in the morning than they are at 10 at night. Like, I don't think he's in there making, drinking an old-fashioned at 1030 a.m. I think I so. Think I assume it's a breakfast new- beer or like mimosa or bloody so Mary. So my favorite is I like to go with the seltzer. I like to go with the white trash mimosas. I'm not a mimosa guy at all. I don't like champagne, but I love a good white trash mimosa. Just get like a bush light, splash of OJ. You know, so hammer those, man. So it feels like you're drinking something. Serve it to me in a five gallon bucket. I like that we just add orange juice to alcohol in the morning. I've decided that makes it fine. Vitamins. I've decided. Yeah. My drinking at 11 is fine because I put orange juice in this. That's, I've never, that's I've a never, morning beverage. I've, I've never, never had orange juice at 8 at night. I've never claimed that it's fine, per se. <laughs> it's just what I do. It's just how you operate? Yes. Let's talk more about the Chiefs game. We can talk about USA coming up against Wales at 1 o'clock. The live stream of our show will actually end at 1 o'clock. So you can go down to the 610 studio downstairs and get a good view of some of the other people around, both at 610 and around the building. I'm told Scott Parks and Sam Seavey. We're both huge soccer fans. Should be in attendance downstairs. But for the second straight game, we got to have food. I don't know. I don't know, man. Before I commit, I need to know if there's going to be food. Will you work on that? You want me to find out if there's going to be food? Well, you know that Sam, Stevie, and Scott Parks are going to be there. You're clearly armed with more information than I am. 
I guess I'll send Robin. I'm hungry. <laughs> so get something to eat. That's three hours from now, man. Want to go have an egg salad sandwich? I think we've kind of, I think we've discussed ad nauseum the food choices that we have in the company kitchen. They're not great. You can get a bag of chips. I want something with a little more substance. I've sent a text asking if there'll be food. But we can officially, you might have been hanging on to something because it was pre-injury and you thought that there was going to be some things, but we're done now. Isaiah Pacheco is the lead running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's one of few lead running backs who exist in the NFL, but he's the guy. Clyde's injury only seals that fate, but honestly, if this was a one-game injury, having watched back-to-back games of what Pacheco has done when given the bulk of the carries, isn't it obvious he should be the guy? He has spent the last two games 31 carries, 189 yards, and averaging six yards a carry. What more do we need to see? Clyde at no stage has ever had a run like that. Maybe he's had the touchdown run because he was the scorer for them for a long time. But it's Pacheco's job for good now. This year, next year, until they draft some other running back, it's Pacheco's but, job. But, Cody, not that what you just said, none of that was altered by what we saw last night because we knew this. The difference is, and I don't mean this to be like condescending and even for a moment act like we, we have a better breadth of knowledge than Andy Reid does. But I think Andy Reid gets so – he is so in the game plan and so entrenched in it that he doesn't maybe see the forest sometimes. And I feel like they're all, they were always going to move forward with the idea that, yes, we're going to ride the hot hand like we talked about last week. Some nights it will be Isaiah. Some nights it will be Clyde. But all season, all of these guys are going to have roles in the offense. The same way you could say that about all the receivers. Because the hot hand thing was a lie yet in yesterday's game. It was. Pacheco had four carries for 40 yards, and then they gave it to but Clyde. But what I think happened last night, when Clyde got injured, so you really only had one option. Yes, Jarek was still out there, but he's never going to be a guy getting 15-plus carries, is you were forced to continue to ride Pacheco. And in doing so, you were faced with the reality of what happens when you do it, which is good things. He runs north-south. He has explosiveness. He has burst. He moves the chains in a way that Clyde never he breaks has. tackles. In, the way, in a way that he never has. Yeah. Did that not look like the first time the Chiefs had a legit running back in a very long time? Like, he, Isaiah Pacheco looks like a high-quality starting caliber NFL running back, and we have not said that for the past three years. No, it's been a while, and I think that I still watch him. Like, there were three runs yesterday that stood out to me where I'm like, just like run into the defensive line on purpose. Cutbacks exist and you should try it. Right? Like there were a couple of runs and yet not never, never worth worthy of a tweet or having a big long conversation about it because for a large majority of it, it was working. I didn't care for the couple of times that he showed impatience that a rookie runner would, or that a seventh round pick would, because if he had, the greatest vision of all time. He wouldn't be a seventh round pick. He needs time to develop those things, but he's the goods man, right? Like we watch him last night and he looks like an NFL caliber running back who deserves to touch the football a lot. That's all I, that's, that's well, I all think, we were you know, asking. You know for. what I think has happened in the Mahomes era is that we get this sort of picture. And I think even to a further extent, Andy gets this picture of what, a Patrick Mahomes led offense looks like, which is we're going to spread out. We're going to put uh, speed all over the field. 
we're going to pass the ball a lot. So I want these quick, shifty players and everywhere. Pacheco's not that. He is not. Like, if, if you created a running back in a lab to fit an Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes offense, it wouldn't be Isaiah Pacheco. It'd be Clyde. It would Weirdly be, enough. Well, no, a faster be, Clyde. It would be yeah, a better version of Clyde, yeah. right? It would be maybe like Darren Sproles. Like, that's who or you Brian would. Brian Westbrook, who or really Austin was Eckler, the, right? Yeah. Is Austin, Austin Eckler, Eckler not like we saw it last yeah. night? He, that's him. Yeah. He's been the best running back in football for the past year and a half. And Clyde is just like, uh, he's like Austin Eckler, but I'm not quite as strong, I'm not quite as big. Or as I'm also, not quite as fast, and I don't have quite as good a vision. So, really, I'm not like Austin Eckler at all, but at least we sort of stylistically play the same way. Pacheco's north south, man. It's like I'm going to hit the gap. Just a bruiser. Yes, but it's perfect for this team that every single week is going up against defenses, daring you to do exactly what Pacheco's doing. And you can see that his speed really is a difference maker. He gets to the outside better than Clyde and all those things. Do you think it have been associated to it? I guess the real question is, will he ever become a pass catcher? Or is it just if Pacheco's in, we're not throwing to the running back? Or is it Pacheco's in the game, we're not throwing to the running back until we Dude, do? If that's- until we do. And it's the AFC title game. He's got one catch the entire year. And then it's third and nine, and they forget to cover him, and he just eh, well, flicks he was, it out to him. He was never a pass catcher in college. And if that's the biggest negative that we have to say about using him, then I'll live with that. If it's that, oh... He's the best rushing running back that you've had in five years, but he's not a great pass catcher. Well, did you not watch the game last night? Because the Chiefs apparently have 12 pass catchers who could go off on any <laughs> given night. So I don't really care. Jody Fortson had a 40-yard reception. So that's your third string tight end. I don't. We, does this team need more pass catchers? Is that what we should be talking about? And they like, have Derek hey. McKinnon. They want to throw it to the running back they can. He's in on every third down anyway. Pacheco's other weakness is pass protection. Did you see Derwin James just ruin his day? Well, Derwin James uh, power slammed Travis Kelsey a few months ago, so he's going to embarrass a lot of guys physically. (laughs) Travis Kelsey's 6'5", 240 pounds, and Derwin James threw him across the field like a ragdoll. How do you think it would look if you tried to tackle him, Derwin? if I tried to tackle Derwin, why mm-hmm. did why am I tackling him? I don't know. All right, fine. So he has the ball. You're trying to escape. So he is him. now on offense, and yes. I am I am on defense. Yeah. This is a weird scenario. How about if he tried to tackle me? Yeah. He would vaporize me. He would be like what I would imagine a semi truck would do to a baby deer. <laughs> you know, going ninety miles an hour down the highway. Eviscerate. It would. It would. There would be no remnants. You just be like Spider Man when Thanos snapped his fingers. You just turn yeah, into just a pile dissolve. of dust. It would just dissolve. That's what I would do. <laughs> There would be no open casket. Let's put it like that. <laughs> be like, I'm sorry. Bick, what happened? We can't Why? find his body. It's just gone. <laughs> it, just, it was just a pool of blood at the end. There was nothing left. So, like, I, we just talked about Sky Moore, and I'm not ready to say that Sky Moore is going to have a bigger role in this offense. I think I am ready to say that with Pacheco. It's not two straight games, and I think even if it's only by accident, this coaching staff is now faced with the reality that good things happen with the more that this guy is involved. Good things happen with him as your lead back. And that's not to say he's going to rush at the clip that he did last night every single week. But we know, we've known this for three years now. Defenses are daring you to run the ball. Yes. There is no offense in the NFL that faces more opportunistic situations than the Chiefs do when it comes to the rushing attack. And for three years, they have not been able to take advantage of it. There's never going to be a team that's predicated on the run. All you have to do is keep defenses honest. Last night was a perfect example of that. When I look at this team, we had, we had spoken about the Mahomes MVP moment. And you're like, there are a bunch of them this year. It can't just be boiled down to one. The reason why I think it stood out more in this game is something Mitchell Schwartz 
who goes on the drive every single week, had pointed out yesterday on Twitter. Because I do think that that was his defined, this will end up being the defining game of what will end up being another regular season NFL MVP for Patrick Mahomes. And it's because of this. This is how he put it. Quote, the Chargers against the Chiefs are the team everyone talks about in the offseason as an AFC West contender and an AFC contender. The Chargers, the other 15 games are the normal Chargers. Always play KC tough. Because we tried to warn last Friday that it's close. But when you watch the Chargers against the Chiefs in both this game this year, you're like, yes, I get it. I see why they're scary. I see why they're dangerous. It makes sense sometimes why the media speaks about the Chargers the way that they do. It makes it tough. It makes it hard fought. They become shootouts. It becomes Mahomes versus Herbert and two great quarterbacks making great plays back and forth at each other. But it's like, why just against the Chiefs are you like that? Why is it only in these games? Because Mahomes still wins them too. That's what's great. They get in these battles, and the Chiefs still always win. Like, they win a huge majority of these. Chargers have never beaten the Chiefs on the road. Justin Herbert's only beaten him twice. One of the times he's beaten the Chiefs was in a week 17 against Chase Daniel or Chad Henney. doesn't matter. Like, they still win more. a majority, but it's just a major. I don't even remember. It, it, they, that game and the MVP start of it just reminds me that I'm like, why are the Chargers just get up for this one? You guys should play this way all the time if you wanted to compete. That was the best I'd seen the Chargers' defense look yeah. all year. Got pressure, good coverage. I mean, if the Chiefs would have lost that game, you think about – it's funny the way we – just to peel back the curtain a little bit, you think about all the things you're going to talk about throughout the game, win or lose, and they're drastically different topics. Right, the, four, the last drive of the game changed everything. Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, Isaiah Pacheco. Versus McDuffie got beat on the deep pass to Keenan Allen. Or – the fact that the pass rush for the Chargers was getting home pretty consistently. Yeah. And the offensive line, the interior of the offensive line, didn't look great. Sebastian Joseph Day, who has been a massive disappointment for the Chargers this year after coming over from the Rams, uh, he looked like a plus as an interior pass rusher. The Chargers executed their defensive game plan, I feel like, for the most part, until the fourth quarter happened, until the last drive of the game, and... MBS decides to get involved. Travis Kelsey decides to get loose on Derwin James, and the Chiefs win the game. But I don't, I don't get the Chargers, man. And, and they even referenced it during the broadcast last night. I think it was Tariko who said, you know, well, they, they do say when the Chargers do things like this, the Chargers are charging. And yet I'm still kind of faced with the fact that the Chargers charged it a little bit last night. I know, but they played, you know, like in the moment that they needed it, they still went down and scored, you know? Like, their defense let them down, but that wasn't charging. That's just Mahomes is better than you. Like, they do play up. They play their best. They had their best game. But they also knew the division was on the line last night. Losing, it's over. Losing, you're a wild card team at best. And seeing how they were coming into that game as the eighth seed, which isn't a seed at all, which means you weren't in the playoff field going into that game, then you don't feel good about it. Well, what's so weird is that, you know, someone on the text line brings us, it says, you mean a great quarterback in Mahomes versus a good quarterback in Herbert. And there's part of me that wants to push back on that and, I, and say, okay, well, then how many quarterbacks would you take ahead of Herbert? And I guess that's, that's not really the question here because I agree with this texture to an extent that this is not about Justin Herbert. It's about Patrick Mahomes. Justin Herbert is a great quarterback when compared to 
other quarterbacks. Just not against him. Right. I think I still think Herbert's probably top five in the NFL. Just like, I mean, I don't know who I, I don't know how I would change it up this year because Tua's playing like a top five quarterback. So I guess I have to like consider him. But I'm not going to entertain a discussion of Patrick Mahomes versus Tua. I'm not going to entertain a discussion of Patrick Mahomes versus Jalen Hurts or Justin Herbert. It's like I guess Josh Allen, but ultimately, you yeah. give you give. I mean, what that was the ninth time that Mahomes has won a game when they're trailing entering the fourth quarter. Of those fifteen situations, right, nine and six. Of those fifteen situations, how many of those games is Josh Allen winning? Not nine. No. So it's not about Justin Herbert or anybody else or Josh Allen. It's just about Mahomes. He's an island. It's that he's he an is MVP all by himself. I also don't even worry because most of the time when you're the NFL MVP, you do not win the Super Bowl. I don't worry about that weird statistical anomaly with him either. Let's get to the trash of the day. Trash of the day. Normally, this is Alex's department. Do I call him? No, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'll handle it today, and then you'll handle the random question. I'll do Alex's job because he's gone, and then I I don't want to do both. You know, I'm here, so like you could do that part. Okay. So we'll let you handle this. But the National Park Service is asking you to do one thing, Nick. Stop licking toads in the middle of the forest. Now, that might sound like a fairly simple request, but apparently continuing to come up with park visitors to the point that they had to send out a, a, a form when you were signing up that says, whether it be a banana slug, unfamiliar mushroom, or a large toad with glowing eyes in the dead of night, Please refrain from licking. So I've actually... The I'm, agency wrote on Facebook. I'm very familiar week. with this. Very familiar with this. Have uh, you licked a psychedelic No, toad? I have not. I didn't know this was a... I didn't know this was in North America, though. I thought this was only in, like, other parts of the world, like South America. Okay. But I have heard about the uh, psychedelic effects of toads. To the point... Yeah, the, 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 the trip, so to speak, Cody can become so overwhelming that oftentimes subjects will have to be tied to trees until they calm down. So just don't lick. Look, I think just a general life theory of don't lick strange things in strange places is probably. Wait, say that again. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you sexualizing trash of the day? I didn't sexualize it. You just said don't lick strange things in strange places. Um, (laughs) Define strange. Well, toes in the middle of the woods. Okay, what, what cake? What what am I allowed to lick? <laughs> Not doing that. What is the definitive You're list? You're making it sexual. How? By asking what are you allowed to lick? <laughs> I'm just <laughs> You said don't lick strange things in strange places. Well, I meant toads in the middle of the woods. So you would not Think about how many times it has to happen for them to send that to you, man. Think about how many times somebody has to have done that. Wait, have you ever done mushroom tree? No. That doesn't seem like it'd be a good idea for me. Why not? I just, I, you know. Have you ever done any psychedelics? No. And again, doesn't seem like. That's do not, I that's seem not like, your speed? Do I seem like the kind of person who would be benefited by drugs? You, <laughs> not drug. I mean, there are maybe certain drugs you'd be okay with. It's more to me about I don't feel like you would be comfortable uh, losing control. Correct. Like that. I don't. Yeah, I Whether don't. Whether like mentally that or physically. I feel like you want to just sort of be in control of this situation that you're in. Correct. Correct. Because that's the thing about trips that I've heard about. Is <laughs> not, that, not just hypothetically? Yeah, is that, you know, you get into it and you better be having a good time. Because if you don't, 
you're faced with the reality of like, hey, this is gonna be a long four hours, if not longer. Not longer? Yeah. We're gonna take like two oh, days. I mean, I've, off? Never, I've never done like acid or anything. But like those that can be those can be long trips. Or like the um a lot of a lot of uh, celebrities do this uh, like the ayahuasca stuff. Uh, ayahuasca, yeah, sure. Like that lasts all night. You're you're vomiting. It's like you're faced with you better you better enjoy it right away because it's gonna be a long night for you. <laughs> you better really enjoy it mm-hmm. so that otherwise because there are bad trips. Do I don't you think, think I'd want that to last a really long time? Do you think Aaron Rodgers has ever licked a toad? Yes. I didn't take you long. Current working theory, yes, I think so. When we come back, a player for the Chiefs continues to stand out in his own right and deserves credit to be in a different grouping, not the one he currently gets stuck in. You're listening to Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss Alex's That Betting Show every Thursday night at 7 o'clock. Right here on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Chiefs Kingdom. This is Mitch Holtis, and welcome in to the Chiefs Red Half Hour on Cody and Gold. Every day at 1130 on your official broadcast partner, the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Chiefs Red Half Hour brought to you by Greenway Ford. It's a new day, a new way, the all-new Greenway Ford. Coming up in 30 minutes, we'll get the live exclusive Andy Reid Monday morning press conference. You can only hear right here on 610 Sports Radio, the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. Plus, at some point, I, I do think I want to talk about Chris Jones and just how good. He's just been so good. Nick, some pace for 15 sacks. He seemingly, it, it I don't seems even like care all about of the his numbers. sacks come at the end. I don't even care about the numbers because that's why, that's why he's not going to win Defensive Player of the Year. So I'm, I'm already I'm coming to terms with that. I'm going to let it go. I'm not going to let it affect me. But the numbers do not do his season justice. Because of when those numbers are coming. It's always the last drive of the game. When the other team's trying to mount a last-second comeback, and what's he do? Puts the game away. It's the fifth time he's done it this season. And the second time he's done it against the Chargers. He did it the first time against the Chargers as well. That's twice. That's twice. By the way, Micah Parsons, who is the current betting favorite for Defensive Player of the Year, only has one more sack than Jones. It's not like he's just like blowing him out of the water. I think he's got a few more forced fumbles, too. He had a forced fumble yesterday. I want to say that's like three, three or four on it's the season. Two. I'm looking at it. He's now. got an interception too. It's two forced fumbles on the season. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry. It is three. You're right. And Chris Jones has two. Wow. What a difference. Well, interception. Chris Jones plays interior defensive line. No, I'm trust me. I'm on your side on this, but it feels like the national media has already made up their mind that Michael Parsons is going to win. And that's fine. Whatever. They just decided. Does it not feel like that? Yes, it does. And I hate it. I don't, I'm not, you know. Listen, he's been so freaking good. He's been as so, good as any defensive player I'm in the not, NFL. I'm not trying to at all take anything away from Micah Parsons. He has been incredible this yes, year. Yes, he's great. But as somebody who watches the Chiefs every single game, and they are seemingly in close games every single week, and the other team always has the ball with like two minutes to go or one minute to go, and they're so trying to mount. It's Chris Jones in the backfield making plays. He did it against the Titans. He did it. Uh, he did it against the Jags the late game sack he did it last night he did it against the 
well, like, he would have done it against the Raiders had yeah, they not called that back. Say. He would have done it against the Colts had they not called the taunting penalty on the Matt Ryan stuff. Correct. And also, the Raiders one would have also been uh, strip sack. Yeah. So the numbers should be even more impressive if not for two phantom penalties. But He would have the same number of forced fumbles and the same number of sacks as Micah Parsons. He has been dominant. Not, okay. not good. He's been dominant. This is the best Chris Jones has ever looked. Absolutely. We'll talk about him a little bit later in the show and throughout the week. Obviously, your texts are always welcome. 913-586-7610. I have not done nearly as good of a job as monitoring the comments on the live stream as Gold does, but I will pull it up momentarily. If you want to watch the show, we're at 610 Sports KC on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. You name it, we're on there. But OnlyFans. Um, I don't if we are we on there yet? We're not on there yet, but how much do you think we could have gotten for that? You remember you mentioned uh ASMR for my my egg salad sandwich eating. Yeah, just crank up the audio and then maybe you take your maybe you do like a foot maybe you do like a foot thing maybe you do a foot thing where you like take your shoes off and then you put your feet in front of the camera while you eat the sandwich. Are not gonna make us money. Somebody else's feet are. You you say that. I think you underestimate the internet's interest in weird things like that. In in my feet, I think they're interested in feet. Yeah, you have like monster feet, don't you? Well, what because of the super bone? What the hell's that supposed to mean? Yeah. Other I mean, than I that, you, I don't have monstrous why do you feet. Ask, why do you ask questions like I that? I have like a you normal don't know, sized foot. Like you don't know what I'm getting at. I yeah. wear normal sized you shoes. You have the feet wear... of a monster. <laughs> You're a freak. <laughs> but I think that's good. You know, there's a niche for that. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. The monster feet. Uh, we'll talk coming up in a couple of minutes. We'll talk about one area of the team. Mostly happy about the win, but one area of the team that still does, you know, requires some sort of discussion. But. Travis Kelsey is an absolute monster and similar to that of Chris Jones deserves his conversation at the top of every single receiver in the NFL, because it's not just, he's doing it at tight end. It's every advantage you get. You know what it is with Kelsey? It's that not only do you get one of the NFL's leading wide receivers from a catch perspective, from a yardage perspective, he actually does lead the NFL in touchdown catches perspective. Cause right now he's the sixth leading wide receiver in yardage. He's first in the NFL in touchdowns. He has the sixth most 20 plus yard catches in the NFL, but he does it for half the money, Nick. Cause right now what you pay is what you get. The top wide receivers in yardage who are above Travis Kelsey right now, Tyree kill, Making an average annual $30 million per year. Justin Jefferson, who isn't yet, Nick, but will be making $30 million a year very soon. And living proof that your name can be Justin and be good and at be football. And be great at football, which is important to bring up. Stephon Diggs, who makes a mountain of money. Devontae Adams, who makes a mountain of money. And Jalen Waddle, who just isn't making a mountain of money yet. He's ahead of Cooper Cup, who also makes a lot. Travis Kelsey makes less than them, all of them, by between... Five and fifteen million dollars per year of his contract. He's I don't know that I've ever seen certainly not at tight end. Can you name a wide receiver that's aged this well? No, but no, no. But here's the thing, Cody. You're not wrong about what you said, but what you're talking about is value. You're getting elite production at a fraction of the cost that you're getting from other elite pass catchers. Here's the thing, Cody. Even if Travis Kelsey were making as much as Stephon Diggs and Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill, I still think he would be 
amongst the best values in the NFL because I think he is the best pass catcher in the NFL, bar none. If you're just telling me for this season, who would I most want to have on my offense? More than Justin Jefferson? More than anyone. More than anyone. Because other elite wide receivers can be taken out of games. Their impact can be mitigated. Yesterday, Justin Jefferson, I think I'm, I'm going to round, I think it was around like four catches for 40 yards, something like that. I hope I'm not way off on that. That's around there, yeah. And it's not to say that Travis Kelsey has an amazing, he had three catches for 33 yards this year. Earlier this season, Justin Jefferson had a three-catch, 14-yard performance, six-catch, 48-yard performance. There are games when he could be held in check, and I get it. Yeah, last week against Buffalo was one of the single greatest wide receiver performances in a game I've ever seen. Ten catches, 193 yards, maybe the best catch in NFL history given the situation and circumstances, fourth and 18 or whatever it was. If it were a playoff game, it probably would be. This is not a conversation meant to talk about how Justin Jefferson isn't that good. The point is that it's not just the gaudy stat lines for Travis Kelsey. It's the situational production. It's the fact that on third and long, everybody knows who the ball's going to. You've got Derwin James, the one guy in the NFL who has proven to be able to sort of keep him in check, and it doesn't matter. Because even if you keep him in check for, okay, let's look at this. 34 pass attempts for Patrick Mahomes last night. 10 of those went to Travis Kelsey. I do think if you could build a defender in a lab best suited to defend Kelsey one-on-one, it would be Derwin James. Problem is, you can't play perfect defense for 34 snaps. And even if on 10 of those targets, he only gets six receptions, and how many of those was Derwin Well, the one that mattered the most, the one that mattered the most was the one that won the game because James was one-on-one with Kelsey on that game-winning touchdown. Kelsey had a step, and it was game over. So what are you to do? Because it's, it's just like what we talked about with Chris Jones. It's the situations in which he comes up big. Is it or was it more impressive? Because, like, to me it was. It was more impressive in that game last night because they had to know. Kelsey was going to be their only target. Now you could say that about any game, right, Nick? In any game, any individual game, you could say, oh, the, the team must know that Travis Kelsey is going to get a large majority of the targets. But last night, no Juju, no McColl, Tony goes down in the first quarter. There was really no mystery, right? They were obviously going to throw the football to Travis Kelsey. You knew it. Everyone knew it. To me, when you're having those kinds of seasons, and it's just, it's hard because like a tight end, man, because if you, anytime you bring tight end to the conversation, that's when it gets absurd because nobody in the NFL, like tight ends don't often lead the NFL in touchdowns. Tight ends don't often are the six leading receivers in the NFL. That's just not what they do. If they lead the league in touchdowns, they do it with 600 less yards than the guy who leads the league in yardage. Well, and think about the surprise logic. Think about the circumstances this year. You lose Tyreek Hill, and even in last night's game in particular, no Juju, no Nicole. Kadarius Tony goes out with an injury. If there were ever a game where a defense could just say, hey, they're going to 87 on every play, if we can just sort of take yeah, him out, we can bracket it. him. But w- this conversation is going on four or five years now. It's like, how has no team figured out a way to slow him down? It was a little bit of a different situation last year where it was, okay, you've got to pick your poison between Hill and Kelsey. You no longer have to do that because as good as Juju's been, you're always going to be able 
to live with him more than you are Travis Kelsey, right? They're not the same. Well, they just got by without Tyreek. Patrick Holmes-Stone pays for 48 touchdowns and 5,500 yards. And instead, we thought it was just going to get spread out, and it's just like, Kelsey's better. He's even better. And let me ask you this. Do you think that would be the same situation had Travis Kelsey left in the offseason and Tyreek Hill were still here? No. Do you think we'd be talking about Patrick? I mean, I'm not. It'd still be good. It'd still be good. I'm not sure the offense would be this good. I just don't think their offense functions because of, like, absent Mahomes, their offense functions because of what Kelsey does for everyone. You know what's interesting is number one and number two in the NFL this year in uh, first downs receiving, Travis Kelsey with 53, Tyreek Hill with 52. (laughs) Tyreek Hill is leading the league in receptions. He's leading the league in receiving yards. Like neither one of these guys have seen their production dip by not playing with each other any longer. It's That's not, by the way, that's wild. It's wild to me that that even happened in the NFL. And yet still here we are coming up in 15 minutes, live Andy Reid press conference following the big Monday win against the chargers. The text line did correctly point out from the nine one three. Didn't your feet pick make the Negro league museum money? And he's right. Remember that x-ray of my foot that I signed, Nick did sell and earn money for the Negro league baseball museum. So in yeah, a way, I've already kind x-rays of started there. aren't the same as, you know, the real live thing. Do you think that they would have paid more for a real picture of my foot? I've never seen your feet. They're not. I don't. I don't want to see your feet. Do you? I mean, do you want to see them so you can make a determination? No. You know my stance on feet. I don't ever want to see anyone's feet, unless you are a beautiful woman. That's it. <laughs> what? what? That's such a very. And even then, I don't necessarily want to see them. It's just that you're I, fine with it. I'm. It's permissible. <laughs> Because the way you put it the first time gave it a very different vibe. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It's just like that's the only time I think it's acceptable. Then you're to fine. Show with your, it. You're yeah. like you're an attractive woman, and you're we and have, you're we like have, fine. we have many many people in this office who walk in every day, twelve months of the year, toes showing, and I think that's a fireable offense. So you want to fire Scott Parks? Is what you're saying? Because no like, one wears sandals more than I Scott like Scott Parks, Parks a lot. I think he's a great man. But? he got to go. <laughs> he's got to go. He's done a lot for this station. He keeps the lights on for us, but... Sorry. It's a very popular radio show. I've told him this. I've told him this. I've, to- I've shared with him my stance on feet. They are grotesque. <laughs> they are absolutely disgusting. Feet up, toes out on an airplane? Mar- martial law needs to get coming to the equation at some point all right so we were going to talk for a minute about a different unit of the the team there's a thing on the text line that needs to be discussed it appears nick before we hear from andy reed exact text says from the 913 still waiting on a discussion of cody's plagiarism now, yeah, so I wasn't hold on. I, I was gonna let you sort of take this one because sure. I saw this all happen last night yeah. and so I'm gonna be honest with you, man. The evidence is pretty damning. It is. It is very damning. Context. It Time to abso- find some context. It absolutely looks very bad, and there's no doubt about it. So last night I sent a tweet 
referencing the fact that the other AFC West team spent a billion dollars in free agency only to lose the division before the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. It was then pointed out to me that Kent Swanson had sent a, I would say, borderline nearly identical tweet. Okay. Nine minutes ahead of that, which said, hold on, let me find it. You have the data in front of you because I can pull it up. Uh, I can't. I, I mean, I can find it. It doesn't matter. It's uh, it said. Let me find the exact. He said the AFC spent the AFC West spent a billion dollars. Same to stop the Chiefs. That's slightly different. And it's over for them before Thanksgiving. Dangerously close. We both said a billion dollars. We both said AFC West. We both referenced something that is either Thanksgiving or on Thanksgiving Day. I have texted Ken Swanson about the incident, and I would like to say. Then it was coincidental. No, no, no. It was an accident. I did not mean to plagiarize. I did not see Kent's tweet. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're yelling. You're getting defensive. They are making it sound like you're lying. I know, but a lot of people got very angry at me, and all I'm saying is that I did not mean to plagiarize. I'm angry. Nor did I see Kent Swanson's tweet. So let's just read these again, okay? I told you I can't defend the fact how similar they are. It says the AFC West spent a billion dollars to stop the Chiefs, and it's over for them before Thanksgiving. Cody's tweet seven minutes later. The other AFC West team spent a billion dollars in free agency this season only to lose the division before the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. This doesn't look good for you. I understand that, but what I'm trying to tell you is that I'm innocent. Can't coincidences happen? I didn't mean this I didn't much see, of a coincidence. I didn't. I look, I and follow. this isn't the first time and you've the, been accused look, of plagiarism, look, dude. The, the, the reason why this one is worse is I follow Kent. So there's a reasonable assumption of guilt that I would have seen Kent's tweet. More than reasonable. The other time I've been accused of plagiarism, I didn't follow the people involved, nor would I have known of the existence of that messaging. Therefore, unlikely, it would have shown up on my timeline, and then I would have then plagiarized it having seen it. I follow Kent. So there's a more than reasonable assumption that at that time I could have plagiarized him. But I'm telling you, I didn't. So you were just jealous that he had the take before no, you did. I, uh, no, I, I was sad at myself. Because I was seven minutes late, for sure. How long did it take? So for here's you? the thing. So now I'm. Get, so then how I many start, people tweeted at you? A uh, hundred. Doesn't matter. It was like the time I said '90s music was bad. So I was. I was being. I would say at that time, based on all of the evidence as you've mentioned, properly eviscerated. The problem was: is what do I do then? Do I respond to these people and be like, "I didn't mean to plagiarize," because they're not going to believe me? Do I delete the tweet, which would then admit that I plagiarized oh, when I didn't? You can't delete it. So I'm not deleting it. That's not it. That's admitting guilt, and I'm not guilty. I didn't do it. No, you admit you admit to stealing it and tell everybody to kiss your ass. That's what I would have done. <laughs> That's what you would have done? I would have said. I didn't steal it, though. Here's what I would have said. I would have said. I would have said, I know a lot of you are asking, and here's the answer. Yes, I stole Kent Twanson's tweet. Now what are you going to do about it? That's what I would have done. <laughs> That's what I should. Should I just send that now? You Is it too said, late? Yeah, you just. I would have said I am desperate for Twitter interactions and engagement. I saw that one was popular. That one was popular. <laughs> I figured, you know what? <laughs> Let me ride that wave a little bit. Oh. Have you reached out to Quint, Kent Swanson to apologize? I have reached out to Kent Swanson. I did not apologize. I just said I did not mean to steal it. He said, "I hope that it didn't go too poorly for you." I said, "It did." Um, but I didn't ask for Kent to like stand up for me on Twitter. So that either. sounds like he he kind of he kind of feels like you probably stole it as well. Was that the I vibe you picked doubt, up? You know what? Um, I've known Kent a long time. I bet he th- does not believe me. <laughs> Wait, really? You think he doesn't believe you? I mean, there's no reason to lie about it. If I stole it, I stole it. I just wouldn't text him. So, so you think that he thinks you stole it? Yeah. Really? 
Dude, the evidence hurts. Does he like you? The tweets are, yeah, I think so. The tweets are uncomfortably similar. Yeah, dude, come on. Uncomfortably Cody, similar. Cody, Cody. Uncomfortably Cody. similar. I didn't steal it. Nick. Yes, you did. I didn't steal it. How else okay, would you come no, up with the, the same second, exact okay, thing? There was one other time in my life that I was this annoyed about being accused of stealing something. It was when my stepdad once accused me of stealing a pair of shoes. I didn't steal. He was adamant that I'd stolen them. I'd got them from the costume department in my school. How could I have stolen them if they were procured from there? I just didn't see it, man. A lot of stuff going on in the timeline in the middle of the Chiefs game. People are firing off tweets left and right. Just decided, I thought. But how could you I come up with such an exact I same tweet, know. dude? I asked my wife. I was sitting on the couch and I said, hey, is it still Macy's that does the Thanksgiving Day parade? And she said, yeah. And I'm like, cool. And then I thought, I'm going to fire off this tweet. I was sitting there not looking at Twitter. I was watching the game. And then I thought of it in the moment. And I thought, I'm going to send this thing out. And then it came to my attention, obviously very quickly, that Kent had sent out a shockingly similar tweet. What? It wasn't Kent's fault. Am I he saying his name wrong? Kent Swanson? Yeah. No? Everyone says Nick is 0-3 versus Kent's name. What did you say? Uh, Swan. I think that maybe that's a goose joke. I don't know. Did I say his name cor- incorrectly? Listen, man. You stole the tweet. I did not steal it. Well, you it. can keep saying that. You can keep saying that all you want, but like you did, it's too it's too identical because you both said billions, which is like that part hurts. I wish I had had seven hundred and fifty million. And then like Thanksgiving, and it's like, oh, I'm gonna change it up a little bit. I'm gonna make it more specific, but like you're not fooling me. I I do think you stole it. I think you wanted attention. You wanted Twitter clout, and it backfired. Uh, I didn't steal it. I think I'm actually. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna blast you on Twitter now. Do anything because here's the problem. There's enough people adding me on Twitter. I don't need your no, 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 involvement no. here. No, because you know what the problem is. This text is probably right. I, said, I think Cody needs therapy. You know the problem is Cody is because I am now affiliated with you. You're dragging me down. You're dragging me into the muck, and Excuse I don't want to. I don't want to roll around in the mud with the pigs on this, dude. So I got to clear my own name, and I think I'm going to send out a tweet. I'm going to defend Kent. I'm going to bury you, and I'm going to say I had nothing to do with it. I mean, Kent's a better man than me, but I don't yeah. think in this instance that should work against me. Yeah. Because I'm innocent of these charges and I don't want to be held accountable. Well. When, <laughs> when we come back, live press conference. Only place in town you can hear it. Andy Reid, next. This is Cody and Gold. Brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance. Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss Royals first baseman slash NFL insider, Vinny Pasquantino. This football season with Cody and Gold. My Twitter is about to unload of football (laughs) tweets. First Jets game that I have free on Sunday. It's, it's go time. 610 Sports Radio.